we have not seen throughout the project this kind of mobilization and, and zeal for God. When it's hard and when the backdrop is dark in a spiritual sense, the light of the gospel among those Christians shines all the brighter. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Richard Dusky. And I'm Emily Wilson. And I'm excited today that we're going to lean into some of the research that's going on on Bible translation. We're talking with John and Demba and Mike Kuhn from Cameroon, who are involved in a project called SURAM, S-U-R-A-M, which stands for Scripture Use Research and Ministry. It's a wide-ranging, large-scope project on the effects of translated scripture in Cameroon. A little bit about Reverend Mike Kuhn. He has served in a variety of capacities in Cameroon, ranging from the NISA uh, translation advisor in Cameroon, and now he is working with the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Cameroon with four language communities and has been participating there. And he's actually also in the middle of his doctoral studies at Trinity Western in Canada. And then John Ndemba has been serving alongside Cameroon language communities since 2018. The the roles that he has played over the years include facilitating workshops, as well as working with the Cameroon Association for Bible Translation and Literacy, facilitating the work there, and organizing translation, linguistic literacy, and scripture engagement work. And both John and Mike's work in Cameroon is phenomenal and just a a little glimpse about the work that is happening around the world. We as Lutheran Bible translators just had the opportunity to share at our Concordia University Irvine event, More Than Words Gathering, the amazing work happening around the world with men and women like John and Mike who are passionate about God's Word going forth in in the language they know best. And we want to encourage you as you are listening in on this interview with Mike and John that you will be uh, joining us in prayer for the work that is happening in Cameroon. All right, on the line today, we have Mr. John Ndemba and Pastor Mike Kuhn from Cameroon coming to us, and we are going to talk with them about some exciting work going on there. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you very much. All right, so we are going to talk about a project called SURAM, S-U-R-A-M, and just to get started with the audience here, we'd like to know, and even I would like to know, (laughs) what does SURAM stand for? What does that acronym mean, and, and what is it you guys are doing? Okay, thank you very much. We are actually very excited to be on this podcast. Sura means scripture use, research, and ministry. Uh, so that's the full meaning of Sura. Before we jump in a little bit more on the project, we want to know about who you guys are. Talk about your roles in the project and your background service and how you became involved in Bible translation ministry and this project particularly. Okay, like you mentioned already, my name is John Demba Efokwa. Efokwa is my, my, the given name that was given to me by my parents. I, I started working with Bible translation projects back in 2016. When I started with the Cameroon Association for Bible Translation and Literacy, I was a cluster facilitator, facilitating 
community projects that we had to do, scripture engagement, Bible translation, language development. I work with quite a few communities around Southwest region and Cameroon as a whole. I did quite a lot. So I, I gained a lot of experience working with communities as far as Bible translation, scripture engagement, and other activities related to Bible translation are concerned. So in 2022, my hierarchy recommended me to get into SORAM that was beginning new in, in Cameroon. I, I came along with a lot of other people who were interested. Luckily, God, God wanted me to be at the helm. So I, I came in as a coordinator for the SORAM project. And while there, we were together trying to recruit other people that today constitute the SURAM team. So that is how I came in and the experience I got, and that is how I got in here. And uh, for me, I'm a, an ordained pastor in Lutheran Church Canada. I'm a missionary now with uh, Lutheran Bible Translators of Canada. Uh, I've been serving in Cameroon since 2013. I got into Bible translation because uh, I know how important the message of the gospel has been in my life. And when I heard that there are people in the world that don't yet have the ability or capacity to um, hear about that life-changing message in their own mother tongue, I really wanted to be a part of providing a solution in at least one language <laughs> uh, for, that, for that problem. I got involved in Suram, the recommendation of a mentor in a doctoral program that I'm involved in at ACT Seminaries in Trinity Western University in Canada. He recommended that I knock on John's door uh, to see if there was something I could do to help. Uh, they were actively recruiting for a data analyst and it seemed like a good fit for me. So that's the role that I've filled since I came on board the CERN project two years ago. That's awesome. And it really does sound like there's a lot of data. So just maybe tell us a little bit about, so you're you're working on a, a research project, scripture use, research, and ministry. How long have you been working on it? And, and just in high-level detail, what kinds of things have you been doing? Okay, SURAM is an idea that started in um, 2021. And the idea actually went operational uh, in 2022. So we started the project with partners that came together. I am sure uh, as we go on, we are going to know who these partners are. Mm -hmm. But the project started since 2022, and we are already here, 2023. Its lifespan was from 2022 right up to 2024. So Suram Cameroon, that is the, the final name that it was given, supposed to last two years. So here we are right now. So the, the idea of the research and ministry component with scripture use and thinking about engaging with scripture, can you share a little bit about the diversity of languages in Cameroon? What is it that we're really looking at for our audiences? Because even though there are so many languages around the United States, only some of the population would consider themselves multilingual and really interacting in that way. So can you share more about what's happening in Cameroon linguistically? Sure, I'll take that one. Cameroon is one of the more linguistically diverse countries in the world. This is the second Suram project. The first one happened in, I think, the most linguistically diverse country, Papua New Guinea. 
Cameroon has 270 oh um, spoken living languages with scriptures already uh, produced for about 50 of those languages. So there's still roughly 220 languages that uh, have little to no scripture. So it's a really great context to do a research project like this because there's already been quite a bit of work done. So there's places we can go and ask questions and learn about what's happening to research the level of scripture use in uh, the different communities that are participating. But there's so much more opportunity in Cameroon and neighboring countries. Uh, Nigeria is also incredibly diverse. And uh, I think that the things we find here ought to apply quite quite readily as well to the Nigerian context and other countries as well in sub-Saharan Africa. But yeah, we, we're looking forward to really seeing what the data shows, uh, what we can recommend for Bible transition organizations. Yeah, I'm excited about the project. So what kinds of questions are you asking as you're doing research? Because I, I am very unfamiliar. We, we pray for you all during our prayer times and in devotions and through the prayer calendar. But as far as what, what does that look like as you are meeting with language communities? What kinds of questions are you asking? Yeah, Suram has three main research questions. The first main research question is, how much are the scriptures that have been published being used? Uh, we're trying to get a handle on how many people are using it, uh, how broadly the use is uh, permeated a community in terms of the territory it covers, and also what are the different domains of use scripture in each of the communities. That's the first research question. The second research question is what impact does it have? And even for impact, we're looking at three main measurements. We're trying to figure out uh, what kind of a personal impact the scriptures are having in the people's lives who are reading them. We're trying to discern what kind of impact it's having on the churches, the congregations, and the denominations, uh, but also on the communities to see if it's actually bringing more harmony or development in the communities where Scripture is going out and being used. And then the third research question is what uh, factors are contributing to high use and impact and what factors are detracting from high use and impact. Uh, so we have a lot of questions on four different research uh, instruments, different surveys, uh, trying to ask different groups in each each community uh, a bunch of questions to try to get our heads around all these factors that can contribute to or detract from scripture use. So you were sharing about some of the the methodology, some of the the questions that you are unpacking, talking about the impact and how often there there is a use case and what kinds of barriers or questions are adding to or subtracting from. So as far as the involvement, like who all is involved in these studies for Surum, how large is your team and what's, what is generally speaking, does everyone do pretty much the same thing and just heading in different directions or do you each have unique roles? Surum is made up of uh, um, six staff. A, a coordinator that is leading all the activities that we are carrying out in, in the field as a team. We have two surveyors. One is in charge of the Anglophone regions and the other is in charge of the Francophone regions. Since Cameroon is a bilingual country, we have two data analysts. That is Mike, Reverend Mike and uh, Freddie Emmanuel, who is working from Douala. So, Reverend Mike and Freddie are actually working remotely from Ngaoundere and Douala, but we, we find a time to coordinate every time we have to meet together to be able to get the work going. I think that is all about the team, the main team, but we have other people around. The scripture engagement 
team leaders. In fact, there are actually two. One is uh, the main lead, and the other is uh, working with him closely to make sure that we get scriptural engagement activities each time we go to the field. Their role is, first of all, to make sure that they revive scriptural engagement activities in the community or make sure that they give more training and more ability to the community to be able to engage with scriptures if they have not been doing so. And so this is the SORAM team, and everybody has a very specific role, but each time we we try to make sure that our roles are interconnected so that everybody knows uh, a little bit of what the other does so we don't have lapses when situations arise. Yeah, and beyond the team, um, there are many other uh, stakeholders in the project. The funding partners, uh, even LBT is included. So we thank LBT and uh, its partners for uh, contributing to Suram in Cameroon. But LBT Canada is also involved. One Book Canada is involved. Uh, Wycliffe Netherlands, Wycliffe UK. Uh, there are many different organizations that have contributed to Suram over the last two years. But there's also, it's exciting because uh, this is a joint project for all of the Bible Transition organizations in Cameroon. Um, certainly SIL is very involved. LBT is involved uh, mm. through the Lutheran Church here. But even the Bible Society uh, is involved. So we have projects that are fr- that were served by all of these different Bible Transition organizations. And then, of course, the last uh, but not least <laughs> of the stakeholders is the participating communities. Uh, there were 28 language communities uh, that dedicated scriptures between 2007 and 2017. And we were able to visit and do ministry and research in 25 of the 28 languages. So it's a big, big project, and I think it served a lot of people, and it's also collected a lot of data to help orient Bible translation ministry moving forward. That's wonderful. And just for my understanding and visualization, so scripture use, scripture engagement looks very different for each language community as far as different tools for digging in deeper. So audio, audio visual, uh, literacy. Are there other forms that you, you've you seen among these uh, 25 language communities that you have been interviewing? Yes, it is important to note that as, as different as the cultures of these different languages and communities are, the different communities prefer the different tools to be able to engage with scriptures. And uh, we can't say for sure right now which community prefers what, because all of that, our data is going to actually tell us with some scientific proofs. But what we we discovered in in the field is quite interesting, that not all the communities use the same tools. There are different communities that prefer different tools. And, And so at the end, we are trying to see a situation where we would have the different communities maybe preferring the different kind of uh, scripture engagement tools. And we might even have reasons why they prefer that. We are hoping so. Maybe we would would just stay tuned when the data will come up. Mm -hmm. We will be able to tell you more. Mm -hmm. So in that vein, what are some of the initial answers or outcomes or findings that, that you guys have discovered in these early stages of visiting and, you know, beginning to process some of this information? Yeah, I'll take that question. So we have all the data, and uh, even just this week, we've been working hard kind of clean up the data to prepare it for analysis. 
but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, we haven't actually done any of the analysis to find any answers yet, and not at least on the whole the whole set. Uh, we did do a midstream analysis to see whether the data was holding up and if it was going to produce the results we were looking for. The project is what's called an exploratory factor analysis study. We're trying to understand the factors that are meaningful for Bible translation and impact. And the early analysis that we did did find five factors that seem meaningful for Bible translation. But since this is going to be published broadly, I'd rather wait and see sure. what the actual full set of data shows before we let that cat out of the bag. <laughs> Absolutely. So as far as, you know, as you're working through, as you're looking at some of the initial findings, what is it that you've learned that you weren't necessarily expecting? Or what are some things that you're like, yeah, that that's tracking just what as I thought? The Suram Cameroon project has given us a lot of a lot of experiences. Some of them we were actually expecting. Some other expectations were just not. We didn't actually see them coming. We we actually I want to say talk about a particular community, a very small community. Let me call it small uh, in quotes. That we went to, and uh, this community actually has. It, it has some humanitarian uh, crisis. It means we, we, we are talking about a community that has, you, you know about Boko Haram. Mm-hmm. It's just at the borders of uh, where these guys come in to, to perpetrate uh, violence. But this community shocked us in the way they actually engage with scriptures. They live and they engage with scriptures as if, you know, they have heard that Jesus is coming the next the next minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 we, we actually got so surprised because they, even though they they are entangled or encircled with such dangers, it's a community that has not given up. Mm-hmm. You know, the way we met them and the way they 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 see scriptures, the way they they, they love their scriptures is is quite. Amazing. We were quite surprised by this kind of zeal and interest for the gospel. There are, there are quite so many things, but this particular one caught our interest that much, even at the day of celebration. Yeah. Because we have in our methodology, at the end of our stay in that community, we actually do a celebration to bring everyone together mm-hmm. so we can celebrate the language together. And so we had more than 2,500 persons gathered together to praise God for their language. And we had all sorts of animation, you know, which which uh, traditionally, which went to praise for what they have. We have not seen throughout the project this kind of mobilization and, and zeal for, for, for God. I, I want to, to, to keep the right of, of not mentioning the community's name, sure. but I think these are one of the things that actually us and we are still living with it right now. There are many of that maybe uh, Reverend will talk about more. I want to say two things uh, to jump off from what John was saying. Uh, one of the hypotheses in the project was saying that where the spiritual climate is hard and there's an uh, intentional strategy to use God's word, it improves scripture use. And I think that's something that anecdotally right. <laughs> we can definitely say seems to have been borne out. You know, a lot of the places we went, there are difficult places to um, be a Christian. 
uh, the difficult places to confess um, our faith in Christ. But it almost seems like when it's hard and when the backdrop is dark in a spiritual sense, the light of the gospel among those Christians shines all the brighter. That came through in this one visit that he mentioned, uh, but a number of other ones as well come to mind when I think about that same dynamic. I do want to say one thing that I thought was so remarkable about this context where he's talking about. Again, we love the aspect of Suram that wants to support the local church in using scripture as well. It's not just research. It's also ministry, uh, trying to help churches and, and Christians and groups to use scripture all the more. So yeah, again, every time we go, we're working with focus groups, we're working with congregational groups, uh, trying to help them to see different ways they can be using the scriptures. And we always give them the challenge uh, when we meet with them, there will be a celebration at the end of the week. So prepare something, write a song, prepare a sketch, memorize some scripture in your language, and then you'll have an opportunity to present it or share it with everybody who's there. And uh, in this one place, I wasn't even there, but they took a picture uh, from the middle of the crowd, and it was just wall-to-wall people. Uh, it was such an inspiring thing to see so many people that gathered together to celebrate uh, the scriptures and to rejoice in God's word being in their language. It was wonderful. That is amazing to not only have the scripture in their hands, but also that that celebration and that focus and shining that light, as you were saying, too, that even people who are not familiar with the Christian faith, that they're they're seeing this gathering and celebration of the language and that draws people into to ask questions and to engage too and equipping people to feel more comfortable to talk about their faith and that that's just wonderful so thinking about the encouragement of our our listeners what is it that would be the next step for each of these language communities and the result of the study what's the ideal Yeah, I think um, we can think about uh, each context that participated uh, and also the broader Bible translation movement. Um, Certainly, our prayer for each of the communities that participated in the project is that um, going back to them, working with their leaders again, uh, meeting with the different groups in the churches and encouraging them and showing them different ways they can use the scripture. Uh, We certainly hope that it will shore up scripture use in each of these places and to more people hearing the gospel, having lives uh, transformed and changed uh, in each of the communities that participated. We also definitely hope that the results of the findings of the research uh, will be able to share it with each of the communities as well uh, to help them to see exactly how much the scriptures are being used, what's going really well, but also what they could maybe do better so that in each of these places, they can be a bit more um, strategic and pointed in uh, how they uh, work with their communities, work with the Christians in the communities to have even more um, use of the scriptures that have been dedicated in their context. But certainly Suram also aims to address a broader need in the Bible translation movement, which is to have, I know some people don't like saying best practices, uh, but it's the first phrase that comes to mind. What are some of the things to really look for in a community, in a context, before you even start a translation project? Mm -hmm. Uh, as you're going on with the transition project in a team and a community, what are some of the things to try to make sure are being done and uh, make sure are being produced along the way to make sure that we're aiming at impact, not just publishing books? Mm. One of the things I, I love about the project is that uh, we're looking at impact. We're trying to understand uh, places that have high impact and places that have low impact and what are the things that seem to correlate. 
uh, between each of those contexts and some of the things that we're measuring. If we can find things that across the board continuously show up uh, for high impact places, and we can aim at those things, making sure that they're present, our hope and prayer is that this will lead to more communities, not just having scripture, but also being impacted and transformed by having those scriptures. I just want to add that the the Bible agencies here in Cameroon, uh, when they were signing the Memorandum of Understanding, they actually took an engagement to be able to see that these practices, uh, these recommendations, because they are going to, we are going to have a good number of recommendations that will come from the, the analysis that we will have. And then this recommendation, they, are actually, they actually took an engagement to say whatever recommendations come, we will make sure that these recommendations are implemented so that we can have a better way of looking at Bible translation and every other thing that goes with Bible translation for a better impact in, in communities, like Reverend was saying. So that's it. Yeah, and so we are really excited to talk about the results when the project is finished and you guys can know that we'll be calling you back to be on the podcast to uh, go over those results and, and unpack those further for us. So we're looking forward to that. In the meantime, uh, how can we be praying for you? Start with you, John, as the coordinator of the project as we're coming into this important data analysis stage and the, the, last, the last leg of the work. How can we be praying for you? Uh, yes, thank you very much. This is a very important aspect for us, prayers. I think if we are up to this stage, it's because of a lot of prayers. A lot of prayers are, first of all, uh, before you, we give supplications, we want to give thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, God has been able to keep every one of us in good health as we started the project, moving through the communities that we visited, although we had challenges with three communities that we didn't visit at all. So we did 25 out of 28. One community was actually a very red danger zone with uh, the cri ongoing crisis. And then two other communities were just not receptive to the idea of Suram. So we could not penetrate in, into the community. So we had to put them aside. So we want to thank God that he gave us good health and success through the 25 communities. And so you'll be helping us thank God with that. And then secondly, we want to keep asking God to, to keep us together, united, give us wisdom as we go through the data. We, we want to really say God is working in a miraculous way because we have a colleague helping us with coding to be able to clean our data get them ready for analysis. He came in just in time. So we see God's hand in, in everything that we, we are doing. So wisdom, as we continue to get the project to the end and write the report, and then thanking God for everything that he has been able to accomplish through us for this point. And Pastor Mike, how can we pray for you guys? Sure. I think it's never too early to pray for harvest. <laughs> yeah. We're really excited about what this, the findings of the research component of the project uh, will be able to provide to the Bible translation movement. Please be praying uh, for us as we analyze the data and as we write a report that God would be in all and work through it all to help us communicate effectively to the different stakeholders in Bible translation around the world uh, so that we can work in a way that aims at impact in more and more language communities 
uh, moving forward. Uh, that's really the biggest prayer request is that what we produce and what we find uh, will help the church and help the different Bible Translation Mission organizations to be able to do better work moving forward in the years to come. Well, we thank you both for joining us on the podcast and for your steadfast work and ministry among the language communities, the 25 language communities, and more to come of among Cameroon, um, but also supporting the larger Bible translation movement around the world. So thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting us on the podcast. Thank you. So you can probably tell from the interview that I'm really excited for the results of the Surum study and to dig in a little bit more and really find out about what impact Scripture is having, um, where there's possibility for improvement or adjustments, and to really just hear how things have, have played out in these communities where God's Word is newly available. And I do love the part that uh, for every one of those communities they go into, they talk about what's happening, and then they can they uh, intentionally gather to celebrate mm-hmm. the language and the culture as well. Yeah, that celebration I think is key in being able to— I had this imagery of being a city on a hill, that light that is shining forth in their community and surrounding communities that— God's word is worth celebrating. Their language is worth celebrating. And bringing those two together is is a beautiful thing. And we just want to encourage you to continue to be praying for uh, language communities in Cameroon and around the world. And you can find out more on our website, Lutheran Bible Translators. So that's lbt.org. And want to encourage you to look specifically at our programs page and see how you can be involved in prayer and supporting these language communities. Yeah, it's really exciting that 2024 is the 60th anniversary year of Lutheran Bible Translators. And Folks like John and Mike are just uh, one snapshot of the way that God is at work currently and has been at work for you know 60 years in our organization. And we've, we want to invite you to celebrate that with us, too, and see how God's at work by checking out lbt.org and finding the programs page. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. You can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast or subscribe on Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is edited and produced by Audrey Sider. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Artwork designed by Sarah Radowski. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Rodowski. So long for now. <laughs>